Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisor Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. Part 2 of our podcast about podcasting. Future of Customer Engagement and Experience Podcast host Steven Spears is back with me and we will continue to share our experiences, wins and fails with podcasting. In this part, We will geek out about how to give your podcast the best possible start. We will talk about the technical and hardware setup, post-production, hosting and marketing. So lots of very personal insights on this very personal episode prepared with love for you here at the SAP Experts Podcast. But yeah, no, the, the equipment, I, that's, that's like that next hurdle of you feel good about... Uh, your topic you feel great that you've yeah. got a guess you feel great about everything and then you sit down and you're like all right so how do i get this voice into that thing the computer yeah and it sounds nice yeah. uh i'm curious where you started from because mine is different in the sense of i already had a little idea of the radio side some of the equipment you know some of the it's different it really is but i had some starting point Uh, I'm curious where you start. You just Google it, you know. Uh, to, to be honest, I I also had a starting point, um, but it did not help me. <laughs> What was your starting point? Um, my my starting point was like um, I knew a bit a bit about audio um, engineering from my time as a young adolescent uh, musician, which I was oh, doing, okay. like, doing grammar school and university. I was playing in bands. What'd you play? I, I was like like keyboards, piano, synthesizer, and so on, all oh, that stuff. That's cool. And the the like, underrated part of the band that no one appreciates that you're probably the most technically skilled to be able to play the keyboard. I like I like the view. <laughs> 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 like like uh, the one who had to carry the the heavy stuff and so on. <laughs> together with the drummer. No, it, it was like it, we're talking here about like the mid mid nineties and mm. so on. So I mm. say okay, I know a bit and so on, and then when I realized doing my first dry runs I did with myself I really have to up the game and, and <laughs> I, I have computer to get microphone some, wasn't some doing equipment it. <laughs> yeah um, I of course had something like um, my 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 knowledge from back then popped in again and so on and um, yeah I was uh, thinking about a possible setup and the good thing was that I talked about that with my brother because my brother is a musician now and he's a drummer And uh, oh, he's also cool. doing in the U.S. a lot of podcasts and so on. So while my knowledge is a little bit rusty, mm. his knowledge is up to date. Mm. When I said like, um, how, what do you think about this and that? And, and then I go into a mixer and so on. And he said like, dude, technology has advanced in the last 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> so do I this plug it into you know, so a Kenmore head more unit and run, easier. you know... <laughs> Exactly, speakers exactly. to the the tower and then i filter yeah, it back in through the record player you know <laughs> yeah, it, it was not that bad with the record player um but um, i'm picturing you as like a you're saying you were a musician but you were like a house dj in these underground scenes I, no, that's what i'm picturing i don't know that's, that's not my music no okay no, I, i'm just I'm something more about the, it scream that i'm more of the classic rock guy <laughs> uh, yeah that i guess that's true yeah exactly um 
I, so, I just so you realize thanks thanks to COVID, I have now the same hairstyle again I had <laughs> at that time. <laughs> Going for the yeah. slash top hat look, right? In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so but then, then the, I, uh, I really, I really, really changed the subject a bit, let um, because really MIDI was new at that time when I mm -hmm. was doing music. So I, I was really putting my mind more around that and it took really a few weeks until I was having something of a setup which is which I was happy with and what I have now. Of mm -hmm. course, it could be different. I could have used other things. Probably if I could do it now, I would do it different, but I would be happy. I'm, I'm still happy with what I do and what I have. Yeah. So, so what's what, the core that you have? I, from from microphone sides, um, I'm using... When I'm doing live interviews, like when we are seeing each other from mm. face to face, I'm using the wonderful Rhodes uh, Procaster as a mm -hmm. microphone, uh, a dynamic microphone on a shock mount and uh, the special booms, um, which are XLR microphones, which means that they do not go directly into your computer, mm -hmm. but you would need first something like a... Um, converter or you go into a um, recording machine and i did it by default because xlr cables are just so much better yeah than you absolutely cables. and i think like you have to be from from the signal in the beginning as good as possible because what you do not have at the beginning you will not regain during post mm -hmm. so try to yeah. be as good as possible in the beginning so i'm going via the XLR cable directly into the classic Zoom um, hard disk recorder because mm -hmm. I choose this one because in that way I'm um, I'm completely flexible. I can yeah, that's interesting. So you can, you can go wherever you want with it. I can go wherever I, I want. Yeah, I do not have even to have a laptop with me or when I have something quick, I can like just uh, switch it on. I do not need a microphone at all because it comes with bolt-on microphone types. So, yeah. Um, does it uh, record multi-channel into yeah, it as well? Absolutely. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's you huge. Can up, you can up to eight channels. Uh, my heavy setup was like three lines. Mm. It was like with Jan Gilk, Saskia Fontaine, mm -hmm. and me. You have like three beautiful challenge, uh, channels leveled out and so on. On a SD card, you can then take this mm. SD card, put it into your laptop. So you are free from the laptop side, which in my opinion is also important in that way that you can have for example your notes there can you like do some research why if it's necessary why you're talking and yeah. the recording is completely on an independent system yeah and of course i also use headphones because i think this is uh, when you're using when you're having a dynamic microphone um, we will come to that topic hopefully later but um, this is quite important because on a dynamic microphone you sound just different when you are too far away and when you go closer mm -hmm. like when i go farther away the voice gets completely different. yeah when i come closer it comes <laughs> back again and by having um, an 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 earphone a headphone and your your guest also has one um, you can you can control yourself. You can control better the way you sound. Yeah, and this comes in very handy for me because everybody's then really free to do his own checking. Like, do I sound right and so on? And the people are much more concentrated. And um, this is, in my opinion, really, really good setup that I'm happy with. Um, for now, since we are not going the XLR way, <laughs> we are 
unfortunately in the whole. remote way and i'm doing using this also for uh let's say the um this voiceovers in the beginning i have also mm -hmm. on um, usb version of the roadie procaster which is a roadie podcaster which is on mm -hmm. the usb version basically of it just plug straight in you can plug straight in and um that's what we're at the moment using here um this is really working fine and i'm really happy with it and from from a price range it starts up i think like 120 dollars yeah, it's not Something bad. like this. Um, if I'm correct, I hope I'm not wrong, but I think it's about $120, $150, maybe $160. Maybe I'm a little bit too optimistic, but it's up around $150, $160. Yeah. And uh, by this, you get a really good, much better signal out of this. And mm -hmm. then I'm, let's say, mixing on a MacBook. Yeah. What do, what do you use for the uh, the software? No, no, just just GarageBand. It's GarageBand. Yeah, no, that's quality stuff. Yeah, it's 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 enough. Absolutely, you can of course upgrade it, but I never had the use to. I never yeah. need. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 actually where I cut my teeth on doing it. Was uh, in my early uh, indie rap career in college. Uh, I used to uh, make music through GarageBand, mm -hmm. uh, and that was before I did anything with you know radio or anything like that. So I just learned how to use GarageBand. I'll still to this day use it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I feel uh, a little more archaic now after after listening to your your setup and all, because I I still do the same setup. I've got the Shure microphone, um, the SMB7. Yeah, but this a is a higher end. This is exactly. This is, I think, much more expensive. This yeah, like four hundred fifty range. I think I got it route three fifty, a little lower three. Okay. Yeah, but um, this is this is really excellent stuff. What you have. Yeah, and, and it was more just a personal, I realized that, once again, I was going to be doing it consistently. And I was like, I'm willing to, because I just bought it on the own on the side. I was like, I, I will use it. Yeah. Uh, but I still run it into XLR into an actual mixer, which I then run out USB into the computer. So whenever I do interviews on site, stuff like that, I bring the laptop. Um, and just run the mixer where I can adjust, you know, levels and stuff like that. And then it's, I just like it weirdly enough because when I hit record, it records on the separate channels, mm -hmm. um, just straight in. So then when we're done, I hit stop, I hit save. And then when I go to edit, um, I can just go ahead right there in each channel and start the editing. Yeah. Um, so it's a little <laughs> bit different. I mean, there's no right way, but uh, I'm a little more. I'm I'm a little less mobile. I like I like your yeah. idea of just the the zoom, plug it in, you know. Yeah, but but th go. this comes out f basically from my mindset of being really present with people, mm -hmm. and uh, that's why I choose it like that. If I would do it now, um, maybe there there are some now some interesting products like the um, the um, I think the Roadcaster it's called, which is something like a compact studio where you get like... Oh, yeah. One, one of the guys that we worked with, he bought one. Yeah. He was telling me all about it. Like you plug it in, it's got all the settings and all. He loves exactly. that thing. Yeah, that, that's that's perfect. That's but perfect. you're paying a little more. I think he said yeah. he paid like nine, eight, nine hundred $900 or something for it. I think that that can be do maybe like around in that range. Okay, use you get, of course, cheaper ones, but I think this yeah. is very interesting. But I think the baseline is that anything is better than your onboard microphone absolutely and absolutely. even if you like go for a little bit more you, you do not have to spend much money yeah you can go for for budget stuff like the 
classic ATR 2100. You get, I think, like... Oh, I own that too, actually. Yeah, yeah. 100 bucks is a classic. It's been around like since, I think... 15 20 years yeah yeah, yeah i've got it in Perfect, the drawer right great. here yeah great do something like this do not really rely on um on the stuff on the onboard stuff like like we said in, in our discussion uh before we recorded um the misleading thing with podcasts that it has very low entrance levels in the beginning mm-hmm. but to become reasonably well it takes a lot in, in the end there's a yeah. huge range concerning that and you can you can up your game really with not much effort if you're using proper microphone definitely yeah yeah especially too because uh and that's the only other mistake you can run into is getting a proper microphone but then trying to use it as an area mic yeah which if in if you're in more layman's terms of like where you set a microphone that has settings like i know the blue products they have a setting where it can be um, a little more the the pickup pattern is the room rather than yeah. directly in front of it, but that doesn't do you much better than if you just plugged into your computer microphone. You know, that's, it, that's a good point. What you said, especially concerning this is um, a transistor microphone, um, yeah. which is, I think that the difference between a, a dynamic microphone and a transistor microphone is like a dynamic microphone is basically um, a, a loudspeaker reversed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. It's 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 really helpful in a certain way that it records very well what when you're close to it with your mm-hmm. mouth, but let's say noises from outside, like when you're in a meeting room and mm-hmm. somebody is uh is having a chat in front of the meeting room are not really recorded. The problem mm-hmm. with the condenser microphone, like Blue Yeti, I think it's a condenser microphone, is mm-hmm. that probably it will record a mouse fart in the next county. <laughs> And I think I mean, did you plan that analogy? Because that, or how often do you use that analogy? Because that came off the cuff way too easily. Yeah, I think I've I've heard it some years ago, but I really liked it, and since then I used it. That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was impressive off the cuff. But but it's really really fitting because so often you see those podcasts where people are sitting on the table and in the middle of them is sitting a blue yeti and mm-hmm. I, as far as i know now i'm I, I i don't think this is right no no because on on transistor it, it can give you probably the better results than a dynamic microphone if you can control the environment and i mm-hmm. think nobody of us in our amateur setup is able to do that at this level no yeah so if you have a professional studio with sound walls and so on and so on, perfect, perfect, perfect. But um, I think most of the people do it for the looks and to look a little bit like Johnny Carson because I think he had some. Yeah, I still wonder to this day if they, because every you know host has one sitting there. Uh, do they use those things? No, even, I, there's already, no way they do. Johnny's time, it was fake. Yeah, that's what I, I figured because, you know, you got Jimmy Fallon and them sitting there. Obviously, they have studio quality mics. They're yeah. not pulling the audio from the little mic sitting on no, the table. It's no, just no, a no. it's a rite of passage now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think this is not the, the good setup to, to put something because th- that's the second part of it. If you have this one microphone between you and your guest, you will just get one track. Mm-hmm. And you basically mm-hmm. want two tracks because you have to tweak and to twist a little bit in the end and i had for example once a guest who was i was quite nervous about it 
because all the time while he was talking, he was with his hands on the table, a little bit like caressing almost the table. He was like uh, a, just just making not, small not, not nervous, noises, but he yeah. made that that little noises. And um, during the recording, I did not really want to to guess to to like stop that. I was really like hoping. Ah. Yeah, but you say something, and then all of a sudden they're uncomfortable, and it, exactly, you know, it all goes to hell. exactly. Yeah. So, so I hope that it would be either be not recorded, and then I can like probably in post like cut it out. The good thing yeah. was because it was a dynamic microphone, it was almost not, not, not. Yeah, it was irrelevant. On the yeah. on 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 on, it was almost not recorded. And then in in post production, really could was very easy to find exactly that frequency on his track. Mm. without disturbing the other track and then put this frequency down so it was nobody was aware of that that's and a, that, that is, that's a yeah. good thing if you have a single track per person you can do a lot of things you can save a lot of things and that's why for example also i like to use zoom because when you use zoom for recording remote interviews you get a single track per person and Mm. By this, you really can can improve the audio quality a lot, and you do not get that if you have one microphone standing in between you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's no. why th- this would not be a setup. I would I would recommend to anybody. No, and 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 it spans that whole spectrum of one. You you want the point you're trying to make to not be impeded by anything, so you want the audio quality to be yeah. there. But then, like you said, on the other end of it, by having those multiple tracks. You know, we've had situations where I've had to sit there for hours because someone was like clicking or they were moving their hand on the microphone and making a noise. Yeah. And you, I had to go in and drop their audio every time they did it. Yeah. Painful, but you can do it when you have yeah. that option. Exactly. By having those multiple tracks, you know, honestly, especially if you're doing a situation where there's even more than two people, it's even more important because you know, that third person may be doing something on the side and you got to drop them out completely. It's like, I don't know what they were doing right there, but they need to go. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a huge point. Cause that's, I use, uh, cause just cause I've always, uh, since GarageBand, I use Adobe audition, mm, um, okay. for all of my stuff. Yeah. Uh, just cause I, I got used to producing everything audio on there. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing as GarageBand. There's nothing yeah. different really. Um, but having those multiple tracks just, it saves you so much in the end because exactly. like you said, it's never going to get better in post. Yeah. It's, you can improve, but you're, you're not going to improve past what you recorded. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and if you try to go back and re add something, it's very noticeable. Yeah. Uh, so getting it right the first time and then having multiple tracks to do it on, I think you're ahead of the game by just doing that. Absolutely. And that's why you, you have to be aware of the little things like use, use a pop filter or a windscreen, like those mm-hmm. little things that help you to get the annoying P word and letters <laughs> out of this. And uh, I, I have found the one feature on uh, Adobe Audition, if anyone uses that, is just the, uh, the kill the subharmonics feature gets rid of the pop every time. Okay. It's a small tip, small tip. Uh, that's, but that's, that's only an audition. I don't know how to do it with GarageBand. But I, I think it's not possible. Uh, you probably have to go zoom in like i used to do and zoom into the little area of the audio file where you can see the pop and then you delete that little section garage band has a de-esser if you have a little bit like a moisture speaking Mm -hmm. like me (laughs) but (laughs) this is about it so um (laughs) but but to be honest i i'm not going you you are very that, that's where i'm a little bit different to you you are underlining with music and so on you really mm. do something like a small 
Hollywood movie out of your podcast. That's what I'm not doing, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I want to to keep it a little bit more rough, more edgy. If there is, a, let's say, something, somebody saying like, uh, or if there's a sign, I leave it in there because it's natural, because it's authentic. So I'm mm -hmm. against like cutting too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then um, when 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 I go into to the podcast and say like I want to be authentic and the podcast should be authentic and then then you do not keep this promise. Yeah, yeah. Then you make these try to make these people yeah. sound perfect, you know. Exactly. Then this does not fit together. So yeah. I, th especially because since I'm doing this all in addition to my normal job, Day job. Uh, <laughs> and with Same, the, yeah, with the kids and and all this stuff, um, I have to be economical with my time. So. 100%. That's the level where I say, okay, this is justifiable. And yeah. No, I, I'm definitely jealous because I like, and it all comes back to when you're deciding what you're going to do for a podcast, you're deciding right then, am I going to be putting, do I have the time to put yeah. in to do something a little bit more, uh, you know, theater of the mind, more theatrical? Yeah. Um, that comes into the setup process, but then, yeah, you have to follow with it through. Yeah, And so I am jealous because the, the podcast I do personally, Hobby, that's the way we do it is we sit down, hit record. Yeah. Whenever we put the episode out, I just go back, add the intro, outro, and we go. And I love it because it's it's easier. It's more raw. Um, but just it, looking into my thought process on how we were going to do it was I knew that my perspective on on doing the, the CX side wasn't impactful enough to do a longer episode. Mm -hmm. And I even was realistic with myself of I'm probably not for a little while going to get, get, get guests that are worth listening to for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was just from the get go. I was like, we're probably not going to get that quality. So how do we still draw in listenership yeah. and be different? And that was kind of what we settled on was I'll put in the extra time to add in the music, make it a little bit more when someone's talking about grocery shopping, you feel like you're grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, just honestly, from the aspect of we didn't have the, the, I didn't think we would ever have the amount of engagedness from the guests for a while. So yeah. it was a weird trade off, to be honest. Yeah. And tough decision, too. And I think what you said is an important point. Yeah. Like you have to be aware what are your resources. Yeah. And <laughs> be sound with it. Yeah. Because let's say for, for most of it, I'm, I'm, I'm a one man show. Um, which is good because um, then I can do it the way I want to do it with certain things I want to do it. And I, if there's something I do not want to do it, um, that's just not happening. Yeah. Of course, I have people <laughs> yeah. supporting me then with the hosting and the uploads and so on, mm -hmm. the marketing, and which is very grateful. But I do not have the resources others have with what I've seen, like putting transcripts. Um, oh, yeah. Episodes, which is wow yeah um yeah huge huge effort on that side um i had of course one a very talented person victor Heck, who wrote some articles on some episodes on the COVID stuff which was really helpful and really great but um yeah we're all not let's say professional people doing that but we agree that because we are convinced that this is upping our game and um so that's we of course where we have to um, really think about what what kind of invest from a time side can I do and what are the outcomes, and this has to of course to be to make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it is really of 
can I, what can I do that's going to be effective within my realm? Like you said, of if I'm deciding what podcast I'm going to do, you're not going to, I'm not going to go do a podcast on old English literature and, and people, and then have, you know, celebrity guests and full scoring under it because three out of three of those things are outside of my realm of possibility. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tempering expectations. Uh, yeah. And and you have to be sure when you're doing a podcast and we've talked about it in the beginning, people have expectations. You have a brand in that case. mm -hmm. And when you start with all that bling, bling, uh, <laughs> you should be sure if you really can are able to keep it up all the time mm-hmm. because when you you cannot do one episode like this and another episode completely different yeah you can uh, of course now we're doing of course something like an outbreak and we're talking much more freely and so we, we're we're stretching the borders of professionalism <laughs> listen in this episode but just a bit Just a bit, not too much. But um, of course, you cannot do one episode um, highly artificial, overproduced, and the second mm. one is like you talking to yourself <laughs> in your car. Uh, I think at least an hour or corporate setup, Seinfeld, this would though. not work out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Jerry Seinfeld's about the only one that makes that work with uh, just sitting in the car talking to people and uh, becomes a sensation. Have you watched that? I'm com- sure you've com- watched comedian, it. Comedians in cars catching coffee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew as a car guy, you had to, you had to have followed that. <laughs> yeah. You got me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So were you uh, familiar with mixing at all before you started getting into doing it? Or is that just something else you just kind of figured out as you went? A bit, but, but not much. And I'm still not good at that. Um, like I'm, I'm trying to make it a bit better or I hope it, it is better in the end, at least from my point of view, I'm, I'm sure like somebody who has more competence in that than me um, would bring much more out of it than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm from, from, from what I get as a feedback is it, it's fine like that. So yeah, absolutely. I, I keep it like that. I, I say that, okay, this is okay. Yeah. yeah. We, do, we do not sound like we're talking to a bin, so that's fine. <laughs> that's, and that's good to know, you know, cause that, I feel like that can be a barrier, uh, to some people of if they have this great idea, they're like, but then once I get the audio, I'm not skilled enough to put it together. And it is something you can do. It's, it's not as intimidating if you're doing something quality in a conversational discussion and YouTube is beautiful. I can't tell you how much I've learned off YouTube. So, Mm. you know, don't rule that out. Yeah, uh, sure. When you go into that side, I'm curious if you have a process for uh, the voiceover part. Because I've I've always read so many different techniques of when you sit down to do the voiceover, you have uh, you take a couple bites of an apple and drink a little water, and then you start. Uh, do you have any routines whenever you sit down to do your voiceovers, other than you know a beer or two, probably? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I do my voiceover after the recording, and mm-hmm. this is probably one of the last things before I when I put things together. Um, I, what I learned what's important is I do not really introduce my guests anymore during the interview. I do this in the voiceover because mm-hmm. it has no flow. If you like tell something in the voiceover, and I think in our setup, in our corporate setup, a voiceover in the beginning is a good idea. You probably do not have to do this, but it is a good idea. Um, I'm not sure if I change this. Maybe I think you sometimes have something like um, a preview of what's 
coming up in the uh, yeah, beginning. Yeah, I start. I, I grab just a nugget of yeah. This is like a good a thing. Hanger. Yeah, the, the, I think this is a very good idea. Um, if I would have more time, maybe I, I will start to do this because I also learn like from you and and others and and, and corporate corporate things. But as for now, I'm starting with a short like voice or what the people can expect, and mm-hmm. um, I try to keep it at around like thirty seconds max. Oh yeah, get straight to what what they're yeah. here for, right? You exactly, know. and it should not be longer. And then basically, I, I go like in there. Yeah. yeah, that's that's nice. That is so, that is nice. I remember those days before, you know, because now it's so much like you know, I I, have to, I put together the intro to really set the scene uh, of the theme, yeah. and so we put together. Uh, it's normally about a minute, minute and a half, uh, just mo- mostly to introduce the topic and put my own little spin on why this is relevant, uh, which is really my contribution. Yeah. And then from there, it's the guest contribution. Yeah. I, even the questions and all, it's it's their analysis. Mine is like 30 seconds in the beginning of, yeah. why is this interesting for you? Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. But that is actually the part. It, I Another thing that when I started getting into it, I thought intros will be easy. You just sit down and talk about what you guys talked about. And then still to this day, I'll finish the whole episode, mix everything down for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down for the intro and be like, oh, no. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm not doing justice what follows. Uh, this is absolutely <laughs> true. I, I also sometimes need like two takes. Of course, I like make me a few notes what I want to say. In yeah, the, yeah. Voice in the beginning so you, you do not miss the most important things. Um, but then I, I tell and I listen to it and then after I recorded it and of course, a lot of times you say like, ah, no, do it again. <laughs> but but also in that, you can get really stupid with that. I remember uh, when I, I recorded my trail, I think I did this for the whole day. Really? You spent yeah. the whole day working? I, I really was like, okay, I try, a new one. I try a new one and so on. And it was really, since it was a longer voiceover, I really wanted to be that good until I settled myself and say like, hey, come on, be... What what you think is ninety nine percent is fine. Yeah, yeah. Like one hundred one percent does probably not get better. Uh-huh. And also, what I realized is that probably um, point A, everybody hates his own voice. Live mm-hmm. with it. You do not have any other. And yeah. Point B, you can get used to your own voice, and when you work with it, you probably learn some techniques of about speaking in a way you probably like your voice better after that. So, yeah, it's very, it, you learn, honestly, and it's a cliche, but you're always your hardest critic. Yeah. And I don't know how many lessons I've learned on question asking, uh, adding in on comments based on going back and listening and thinking, yeah. wow, you sounded really dumb. Or that yeah. question could have stopped rather than you adding 20 seconds to that question of you could have stopped with, you know, so what do you think about this topic rather than saying, so what do you think? I'm thinking, well, it really helps to just kind of have a little thicker skin about yourself. And it's tough. Even to this day, I still, when I have to go back and listen to interviews to start mixing them down, there's like an anxiety before I hit play on it of when I go back in, I'm thinking, man, what you probably said a couple things that are embarrassing here. Uh, so it, it really is something that you just never, and I've been listening back for like 10 years now and I still like it. I will, right before I hit play, I'm like a little, little nervous. I'm like, Oh no, here we go again. 
So it, it's just something you get over though. Yeah, I think that, but also there are different techniques. Okay, there are people I think who listen to their whole episode like three or five times. Mm. I also do, you do that? Not that much. Yeah, not that no, much. I, I, I go through it, of course, doing when, when I do the mixing, when I look for certain things probably which um, I want to improve a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I'm listening five times to it. So because I'm not probably not that self-indulged to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I genuinely. And, and um, the only thing I do is I finish it because by then I've listened through every piece 20 yeah. times because I'm doing small edits. Yeah. Uh, and then all I do is I send it. I email it to myself. Mm -hmm. I go listen to it in the car. Mm -hmm. And then I listen to it one time out of my phone. You you say something very important now, because that's what I learned just about two episodes after release. I mm. forgot completely, and I'm still I'm angry about myself how stupid I was <laughs> to consider. You you said about yeah oh you were talking about the use cases yeah but I was I was too stupid not to try that out in certain ways. <laughs> I got an um, email after like the th first three episodes by, hey, I really like it. But the problem is um, I cannot, you are not, not loud enough. Mm. When, I, when I'm in the subway, um, the uh, noise is too loud. And then I realized, okay, I, of course, I tried it in the car and I tried it. Uh, like, how does it sound like from yeah. loudness level on, uh, on from level on, on, on the mobile phone and so on. But, I did not go into a subway because I do not have subways here. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's how, what I really then learned, like really go in the beginning when you learn that, take a trip like on a bike, take a trip on the car and so on. Like whatever you imagine what people may listen to you and try mm -hmm. it out. Does, does this sound good, your mix? Does, does, does you, do you sound good? And then if you're convinced, then... Then, then you're good. Then, then hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause you get a false with these headphones. I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. It, the, the studio headphones, even, you know, in the lowest categories, they, they give you the, this quality sound. Yeah. And so you get done, you're like, man, this sounds great. Yeah. And then, you know, you go play it on your phone. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, this was not an original idea. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the music artist Kendrick Lamar, uh, rapper uh, yeah. from America. So I read an article that his sound engineer, When they mix down his, you know, million dollar production albums, yeah. he mixes them on a small computer, like USB plug-in speaker, one speaker. And his whole approach was, if I can make that sound good out of that, yeah. no matter what you listen to on, it's going to sound phenomenal. And I thought, man, that's, that's a crazy idea. To be honest, that's, um, I have a similar example. Um, now I sound very old by the Beach Boys. <laughs> Oh, nice. Beach Boys are mixed always in mono because um, mm -hmm. Mr. Wilson was just able to, I think he was hearing impaired. He just could oh, really? hear on one, on one ear. So he was just able to do a mono mixing. And because the car radios at that time were just mono, mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah, you had that central speaker in front of your A-track. Yeah. Beach Boys sounded so spot on and probably better than the Beatles on uh -huh. in the cars yeah, of that sounds, time. Pet sounds, you know, classic. Exactly, right? exactly. And and that's why they still sound really like on the top in, in today, like uh, big modern PMs, because they, they did the same. Yeah, like yeah. he was forced to mix it on, let's say, probably not the best... <laughs> 
with, with the best setup. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I genuinely, if there's one lesson on the post-production side yeah. that I've ever learned was that of, if you can make it sound good on the worst speaker that you have, yeah. you don't have to worry about it because most likely what anyone's listening to is a better speaker. If you have like the worst quality speaker. So yeah. That that's always I'll mix in the headphones and then when I feel good, move it to the terrible speaker, listen, and then quickly I can be like, wow, music's way too loud. Stuff like that. So that's always been my go-to. Thank you to um sound engineer of of, of rap music that has helped me for that. So definitely. <laughs> so I'm curious, you you don't do any of the hosting and stuff like that, which is no is not fun, but that is honestly one of the bigger questions that I yeah, get. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm in a certain way in a com comfortable position because my involvement stops the moment when I have finished the file. And the file means that I export from um, from um, GarageBand an MP3, which mm -hmm. I then tag, which is definitely important because it's you like add to the file, like the graphic, the logo. Mm -hmm. You then are, you, you see then when you, listen to it on your on your mobile device and the yeah. text like what kind of text do you see then when you're shown in the directories like apple and so on that's so true I that's also, a that's a very hard part that i i ran into quickly i was like i feel good about this episode and then it's like what do i call it yeah uh, you know what do, what do i categorize this in you know exactly all that stuff that's a good exactly. point so, so you, you you still mess with all that too i mess with all that so i have like a finished file that i then give over to my friends uh, at open sap and then they do the upload on their hosting system and from mm -hmm. them it, this is replicated to the directories like apple spotify google yeah. and so on and so on and this yeah. is the relevant part because you what what a lot of people do not know is that apple does not store itself any files it's mm. just a directory. I think yeah. Spotify, I learned Spotify does it. They do a copy of it. Oh, okay. I'm not That's sure if this is correct, but I was told it was. Would it be like this? I can um, see that. Because, but then this has, of course, consequences to your KPIs you pull from your hoster because then you, these KPIs are not fitting anymore. Because when you're listening on Spotify, you basically have to put your KPIs from Spotify and add to the numbers you get from your hoster because you are not when you are consuming the file on Spotify, you're not listening to this file stored on the hoster. And yeah, so you're not man. like added into the um into the analytics numbers of, of your hoster. So this is something you have to to keep in mind. But the relevant part is that you need um a hoster, of course, if you have something like I have with uh, let's say something like corporate infrastructure, then of course it's quite comfortable. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there are Lots of companies, Buzzsprout, um, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you got a whole select. I mean, exactly. we started off uh, with SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those of up to a certain amount of audio time. Um, it's free. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, and, and that's the thing is once you selected one and we use one called Simplecast mm -hmm. um, and I like it because it, it actually feeds in the Spotify analytics, but I'll have to go back and look. Mm -hmm. uh, because I know Spotify is a separate analytics that I don't really look at because I thought it was coming through. But yeah, you got me scrambling over here. Yeah, but, numbers but the, I'm missing out, you know. <laughs> but but you should take a look at it because the, the advantage, of course, is when, when you get something through via Apple or an Apple user, you do not get any information about, about this person, basically. Yeah. On a Spotify, since the Spotify has 
user in most of the cases or many cases has like an account. User. Yeah. The premium user. You know, for example, what um, his male, is he female and so on? What, mm. what age is he and so on? Which is, yeah. of course, also giving you additional information you can use to improve your podcast. And uh, which is quite funny, you also get information about the people who listen to you listen to this music. Yeah. <laughs> and so what case, is what is people who listen to the SAP experts listen uh, to it? Is it Liza I, Minnelli? Uh, I, I did not expect that, to be honest. But <laughs> my number one, and I, I'm a bit um, embarrassed about that, is Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay. Followed, followed by Queen, which is very good. That's That's pretty cool, yeah. And Eminem. You got a whole spectrum of people going that's, on there. That's really interesting. Like a little angry, a little lovey, a and little lovey. ready to like rock. Yeah. There's some angst and some, uh, you know, some heartbreaks going on in your, your listenership. <laughs> yeah, probably I, I, I'm, I'm talking about like uh, try to make 100 persons really happy. And I still have like very <laughs> heterogeneous uh, um, listener base. So. Yeah, that I'm, was, I'm trying to pull mine up real quick but, to see um, if I can find mine. But yeah, no, that's that's well, and honestly, it's the hosting's intimidating um, mm -hmm. because it's just a foreign thing. But once you get it set up, I mean, these yeah. hosting platforms do all the work for you. Yeah. I mean, you you upload the episode to the hosting platform, and once you set up the feed for Apple, Spotify, yeah. Google, really, those are the only ones you have to. Yeah. The rest of the podcast apps like Podbeans, Pocket Cat, all these kind of yeah. sub ones, they pull from Apple's directory. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the nice thing is really you just set up like a Spotify, Google, and Apple. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah, yeah. Then when you put the episode yeah. out, it sends it to hundreds of these feeds. Exactly. So it can not, seem intimidating, but to, it's to be, it really to be honest, I, I'm not really sure who uses those second. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I I have met one person that was like, "Well, you guys on Pocket Casts," and I was like, uh, what? "Sure, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, uh, "Yes, yes," and and waited for him to tell me, "No, you're not." And then I was yeah. going to say, "All right, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what that is." Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious to look at that because based on ours, it is Apple, Spotify, one, two. Every time, and the the business actually the the this the CX podcast we do, um, Spotify is very close behind Apple. Yeah, which is interesting because compared to my personal side one, it's Apple through the roof, like not even close. So I don't know if there's anything to correlate out of that, but uh, it's just kind of interesting from a statistics side of things. That's true, and um, also I'm not really. I, I listen to my podcast on both, to be honest, mm -hmm. on both platforms. Get those um, stats up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do not listen to mine on both. Uh, I, I think that it does not. It, it makes no sense, like to try to up your. Uh, yeah, position I got me two charge. extra listens here. Yeah, you know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think this is um, you overestimate yourself. <laughs> um, but um, I think you should be open to, let's say, like you said, to these three platforms because you want to get the Apple users as well as the Android users. And Absolutely, by this, yeah. you are basically at everybody's home. Yeah, in their kitchen, and, and yeah, I mean that's the thing is it. Yeah. Podcast is still such a um, a wide ranging thing that people are figuring out. Mm -hmm. that you can't bank on that one or two of those things are going to be 
their go-to platforms. You just want to be able to cover all of them. Oh man, check out this. I found my artists uh, really? for our, Tell our me. podcast. Tell me about that. And RIP, because this is oddly relevant, Little Richard is number one. Little Richard? Little Richard is number one. So it, uh, it seems you have a little bit appeal to more mature people. Uh, no, seriously, looking at this list, Little Richard, Eric Church. Okay. George Drexler, I'm not familiar. Mm -hmm. um, Van Morrison and Rosanna. Okay. I tell you what, <laughs> I I'm learning things today. <laughs> I did not know this was a thing. This is fascinating. Yeah, just talk to me. You get some. Man, Little Richard, Eric Church, and Van Morrison are my uh, artists that the audience is listening. And in to. your head, uh, there you, you try frantically to imagine somebody <laughs> who uses who has these playlists on. <laughs> on his, Wait, on his honestly, it's encouraging though, because that looks somewhat like my, you know, listenership of all over the place. So you know, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here and, for and it completely. By the way, the good thing is that that what the Open SAP people told me um, that this is what I'm very proud of is that I have the best female listener rate of all SAP podcasts. Oh, that's very good. I of course say this is. <laughs> probably just because of me <laughs> but i think well, just look at the product you know what are you exactly. gonna say <laughs> no it, it's more i i think it's more the ability to to uh, make something which which appeals to probably everybody so um this is also really an interesting um number you get out of it like who is listening to you is it just like the guys is it just like the girls yeah This, well, this even like locations too, like a, yeah. the hosting platform we use it, it lets you know, you know, is it, you know, is it just your family in Birmingham, Alabama yeah. listening? And you can actually see that, you know, these regions of, of Germany are, are listening, yeah. you know, it, it gives you a better idea of, am I appealing to someone out yeah. of my immediate network? So that, that was, to be honest, important for me because um, mm -hmm. I was, okay, it was sure that probably the, the biggest listener base will be in Germany for me. Yeah, although I'm speaking English in, on the podcast, um, but I was not sure how I, how my stupid Bavarian English would appear to, for example, somebody in the U.S. And then yeah. I was very relieved to learn that uh, the U.S. is my number two market. So nice. Thank you for your tolerance. America. You're welcome. <laughs> We're very tolerant. You know, <laughs> until uh, the the drive through line takes a little long, and then got to draw the line somewhere. Look, I got a small waffle cone waiting. For me. There's no time. <laughs> instant rage. <laughs> exactly. You know, no time to to hold back. No, that's um, I, and I think we've already touched on it too. But the hosting, along with the, it makes the publishing on a regular schedule easier. Yeah. In my mind, of of you can, you can even if you say recorded 10 episodes in a row and you have them all ready to go yeah you can go into the platform and schedule them out same day 10 weeks out or yeah perfect mm -hmm. you know it so it gives you that ability to be more flexible with how you're doing it and you, you're uh, actually able to go on vacation and still remain or retain your 100 schedule which yeah. which is the the key that's the that's the goat you know because <laughs> we all want to be on vacation most of the year anyways so Uh, or at least that's just me. I don't know. It's just you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Big vacation guy. 
<laughs> never any leftover to roll over for the next year. <laughs> exactly. You you just work your podcast on January and then schedule for the rest. <laughs> you can't. That's that's the beauty of it now. I mean, it you do it right. It the technology that's available can work for you, um, which is you know the SAP thing in general. But you know. But you pointed one important one of the last points out, which is marketing slash publishing frequency. Mm -hmm. which is which also was something that i was really uh tried to get my wrap my mind around in the beginning i knew that probably like i said you have to be become part of the routine of your listener mm -hmm. that's that should be your goal that means of course you have to be frequent but what would be the right thing what's your opinion about it would it be weekly every second week month you know i really I don't think there's a right answer as long as it's the same. I really, I really don't think it depends on also the length. If you're putting out, like, for example, if you're offering a hour and a half, two hour episode monthly, yeah. I think it's perfectly fine. That gives people, you know, plenty of time. Um, I really do think it's the frequency outside of um, the actual amount of time between, in my opinion, biweekly, As long as you're there every two weeks, you're good. Yeah. If you're willing to offer up weekly, you have to be there weekly. Just yeah. as long as you pick a time that you'll be there in a frequent basis, you're good. I really, in my mind, I, I'm yeah. curious to know what you think because I, I do think there's value in being weekly because you're more on their radar. I yeah. think there's value. But it can be a burden, to be honest. Exactly. Because I am trying like for months now to switch from weekly to every second week. Mm -hmm. I and, think it's a good medium from yeah I, but I, I and I will because I to be honest it's it's, it's getting tougher and tougher to remain yeah. that <laughs> tough weekly schedule and I, I felt myself a little bit forced because I was approached by so many people like who want to be part of it and um, you feel then of course yourself a little bit like you have the duty to not to let them wait and then you mm -hmm. are again ah, okay then again next week so But I really try to be have it every second week because it, it's really getting tough. Yeah. But as you said, it it I think it always has to fit together. I think quarterly would not be a podcast. That's a good point. Yeah, People no. will forget about you. Nobody yeah. will remember somebody who like has yeah. <laughs> released two episodes within six months. Yeah, yeah. nobody he, will listen he, to that. Monthly is probably the the lo the longest you can go. Yeah, probably I think then. it's probably the longest you can go. But I think already like. There is, I know a podcast from SAP who, who's coming out monthly. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that really works. Because yeah. then, especially sometimes he splits two-part episodes, one mm. and then the next one a month later. Yeah, um, that's tough. Splitting up something, waiting that long. Yeah. I'm not sure if this is a good idea. Um, I, I always advise monthly to start because it's always easier to add rather than subtract. Yeah. But what I did was I was thinking of probably it would not be a good idea to start with a trailer. Because yeah, I have true. just, if, if you have a name, then you can start with a trailer. Yeah, if nobody needs a trailer. Like that, <laughs> exactly. If you, if you are an absolutely unknown bloke, nobody cares for your trailer. No, give yeah. him some episodes. Exactly. Give him yeah. some stuff. So I, I yeah. did a trailer, but this trailer was more for like um, 
the, I did not mean the trailer as the first episode, but I meant the trailer more for having the trailer was on YouTube and I then could share the YouTube trailer on LinkedIn and so on to give people a little bit yeah. of a, Oh, know, I love the trailer as a way to introduce what you're doing. Yeah, but you should not, not use as the trailer thing, as your yeah. first thing and then nothing happens. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Um, what I did, I, I started actually with three episodes mm -hmm. at once because my logic was that if somebody listens to that and actually happens to like it, he wants more. And I want to be there already when he wants more. That's so point, yeah. give him something already in the beginning. Yeah. I thought three episodes was right. And um, then start with your cadence. So that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought about that because I've always known the like backlogging yeah. of preparing five episodes prior to launching so that you can be ready for five weeks. Yeah. But I never thought about launching with three and then picking up your cadence of weekly or something like that. that yeah. That makes I, sense though. It, but it worked out really well because um, I got really positive feedback. But then of course you have, like I said, you have then to deliver. You really have to then yeah. go. What, what you not should not do. And I've, I've uh, experienced that by when I talk to, somebody who also had a podcast, they started with three and then nothing happened. Then again, like three, two months later. Yeah. I think because they had, they were not happy with the numbers in my opinion, because they, they, they probably had a good product and then they lost everybody and started completely mm -hmm. new with new people. And, and this is in my opinion, not how it works. Yeah. Well, and even so, too, I, I'm a firm believer of you, you have to monitor numbers. That's always important. Yeah. But if you believe in the topics and the content is valuable, yeah. the numbers shouldn't deter you. Yeah. It should help you, guide you, definitely. But mm -hmm. you know, if you launch, if you do six episodes and the numbers aren't where you want, mm -hmm. in my mind, as long as you are getting good feedback on the content and the quality of it, it's more of a marketing thing than it is yeah. what you're doing. And even if you're a little less frequent, but every episode you're putting out, you can always tweak it. it in my mind, it should never be a, unless there's genuinely funding based on ROI. Yeah. And then even in that point, to me, that takes away a lot of the authenticity of even doing it. Um, but the numbers should never completely deter you from doing it. If you're doing it for the right reason. Exactly. That's my pedestal. That's my, the, my you know, the, the, no, no, that's, that's, that's a good point because it, it's a little bit answers the question. How do you measure or not measure define success for a podcast? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very important that we, um, a podcast is something, a, a democratic <laughs> thing. Yeah. Everybody mm -hmm. can do it, but of course not everybody can excel in it. So you, you should be very realistic what your, possibilities are mm -hmm. of course i will never get the numbers of um a tim ferris with 50 million or 80 yeah, million no. whatever downloads and who makes millions probably with uh, the ads he is yeah. um, um delivering in his podcast i'm in a corporate environment so i cannot deliver ads anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> even if i actually was already approached to do that <laughs> 
Nice. Yes. Okay. A little humble brag there, but all right, you know. Yeah, like but that. but but then the different setup, but not in the corporate setup. <laughs> this is at, this is as uncompliant as it can get. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, no, but but you you of course have to be aware that when you go into it, and then we are basically in the beginning again. What is your topic? You have to be aware that probably your target group will be not that big. Yeah. Especially when there are others. Yeah. So you should be happy with, or you should define yourself when you will be happy. You should not expect that you will have like hundreds and thousands of downloads because probably there will not be the room for it. But it no. can be a success for you when, because what happened to me when, when you get then approached, uh, I was having a keynote as a, doing a keynote as a SAP now and mm. in Germany. And when I was finished, no, it was in Austria. And when it was finished, as people came to me after this and say, yeah. I just came here because I wanted to see the face to the voice. <laughs> and I was like blushing because I was like, oh, were they underwhelmed awkward. or disappointed is, or you know. no, they were, they were really excited. And so, and this was really <laughs> awkward because I think, you know, what is happening? Am I becoming prominent? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this is, I think when, when I didn't see like, I am in technology podcasts uh, in certain countries and number one for a week and so on. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is true. As, to be honest, I do not always believe these charts mm -hmm. um, because I think they're sometimes do not make sense. So I'm not really taking. Yeah, there's a lot of algorithms it. in it, but exactly. there is something to ending up there somehow, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the one analysis that someone gave me that kind of changed my whole way of looking at it too was that even if you you're averaging 500 listens an episode yeah. you have to think of that you have essentially a room of 500 people that yeah. you're talking to like think about if you're sitting in an auditorium and you've got 500 people right here listening to what you're yeah. talking about that's impactful yeah so even if you're like i said at 500 listens to the episode that, when you look at the scale of people, is still quality, especially if they're the people that you're going after. Yeah. So that's where, you know, that really comes into what's your goal at the beginning. And if it's genuinely just furthering the knowledge of the subject, if yeah. 500 more people are better for it every week, you're succeeding. Yeah. And and the interesting thing, like I when I was talking lately with somebody who was a former guest of mine, he had, he had a very good running episode and he mm -hmm. asked like, um, by the way, what, what are the numbers in the meantime? Like it was some months ago and then how did it develop? And so on. And I, I told him it was a five digit number. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yes, I, I, I gave you a damn stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> And yeah. yeah, then these are, yeah, really, that's, that's not what I get when I'm like at the SAP now or a Sapphire or somebody no, else. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is not what you get when you do a webinar. This is not what you get when you, yeah. No. Yeah. No, I never asked you. I, I was wondering how many complaints you got from when I was on the last time. I never asked you about how many times they were like, man, that American guy over there. He was he was out of your style. You need to get rid of him. You 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 were a quite a drop in. <laughs> I believe it, hundred percent. I'm out no, of the no, demo. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it just no, no. occurred to me that I was like, you know, I never followed up on that one. No, no, we but can, seriously, I mean that that's what it is. When you put yeah. it into into like butts in the seats or something like that, to perspective. Yeah, yeah even just a hundred people. If you had to go talk in front of a hundred people. 
That's a big number of people. That's a big yeah. number. So, you know, it, it, it really is a, it, the numbers are important and very, very good ways to gauge how well you're doing, yeah. but uh, it, it doesn't have to make or break. Like I said, unless someone's bankrolling you 5 million to keep listeners at, you know, a million an episode. Yeah. Most of the time you, you get the feedback you need to know if you're doing well or not. So, and by the way, we made a very beautiful arc now because in the first part of this epically long podcast, we probably <laughs> dis discouraged a lot of people. And now we encourage them again. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, because like to, to wrap it up and to sum it up, um, podcasts are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you should not make any illusions or you, you should be honest about yourself. If If you want to do something fast and if you want to do something quick, then I think podcast is not the right for you. Do a video, make up a video channel on, on YouTube and so and you can link it with LinkedIn and Xing and whatever. Um, this is much more faster than probably gets you on a short term much more punch than a podcast. But if you are a little bit, have a nail in the head and you really want to, to make this something of a mid or long term thing, then um, do it and probably will help a little bit to demist the fog a little bit yeah no i, I hope so because that i'm with you i mean most most of the articles and videos you come across is three easy ways to start a podcast and it's like it is easy but to do it right you don't want it to be easy yeah you you want it to be work because then the product shows it so exactly I, I highly encourage anyone interested in doing a podcast to explore it. Go down the path of planning it out, thinking about it, and then jump in because yeah. so much of it is just putting yourself out there and starting it, yeah. um, especially on a personal hobby side, you know, outside of just the business aspect. Why not? Go for just it. Do it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's no repercussions to it, you yeah. know, other than maybe a couple hundred bucks to invest. Uh, but then, yeah, when you come to the business side, take a little more time to look into the planning and the the audience and stuff like that. But that also comes back into marketing in general. I think yeah. we can all do better at defining who we're talking to before we talk to them. And so, th these are general truths. What you're exactly? Yeah. yeah, it's not just like it's it's in general. If you're going to do yeah. something to market, we all need to do a better job of making sure we know who we're trying to talk to, or else we're not talking to anybody. So. Yeah. Jump in with the podcast. I love it. I'm a big proponent. And I, I love too that people are interested in doing it now because I'm I, I remember back when I first started listening and it was like these terrible productions and everything seems so sketchy and weird about it. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And it's kind of progressed to this where it's a, a thing. And I think it's a good thing because it if is you listen eight thing. hours of podcasts. I think you're better off than if you watch eight hours of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, even though I do both of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, there's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode where this tagline was, uh, but we could use the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at this time, I think podcasting was still a little bit weird. And uh -huh. um, I think the good thing is that um, it, yeah, the podcasting has by far arrived within the mainstream and is a very, very, very serious channel. Um, and... Um, you should take it serious. You you should see the chances. And if you think this is the right thing for you, do it. Yeah. Don't hesitate. Do the, do the work and then just go for it. And send us the link so we can um, help out with your uh, 
listeners also listen to this music so that you can have little Richard as the suggested artist to go along with your podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Steve. Well, you think that, that, that covered the topic a little bit? We, I think we scratched the surface I, on it. I think we excelled. <laughs> <laughs> Give us an A plus. A plus, definitely. A plus. <laughs> I will stop the recording now and then we will go to the B part because in cool. Germany we have now around midnight. And, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I kept you longer than anticipated. So, oh, this, uh, I, since I know you a little bit, <laughs> I was expecting that. <laughs> that's fair you know, you i will apologize for it in the voiceover in the beginning hey you know it, it's it's comprehensive if you really want to do it that that's what you should put in the intro of if you really want a podcast you will listen to the entire thing if you manage to get through all of this <laughs> you have the guts to be successful in exactly yeah a perfect example i see now is the fact that hbo has podcasts for their shows to me, okay. that's you know, you know, you go watch Chernobyl and then you can listen to the podcast and it's actually valuable. Mm -hmm. It's made it. It's here. We're good Perfect. to go. <laughs> so well, cool. Well, I'll keep you, Alex. This was fun. I enjoyed it, man. I really did. Wonderful. Same with me. It was always a pleasure. And of course. Um, probably not the last time. Yeah, I, I hope not. I hope not. My and, wife and, now. And maybe I sometimes I manage to be invited to one of yours. Oh, definitely. No, I, I've been trying to rack my brain on how we can get you in on uh, on talking something CX related. Uh, yeah, probably the beer podcast is a better choice. <laughs> that's that's actually a really good idea. And uh, we we've been doing a lot of Zoom episodes over this thing, so I wouldn't rule it out. We stopped yeah. the recording now. We have to enter planning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Have a good day. Bye bye. You too. <laughs>